0: Blair, scholar, writer, and international women's consultant.
1: And I'm David Bedrick, teacher, author, and founder of the Santa Fe Institute for Shame-Based Studies.
0: Join us as we break down relationships,
1: drawing from depth psychology, our work with clients,
0: and 18 years together in romantic partnership,
1: diving into the agony
0: and the ecstasy
1: of emotional intimacy, conflict, and connection. Let's jump in.
0: This is In Too Deep. Hey, David. Hey, everybody.
1: Hey, Lisa and everybody. We're here. We're going to go in our usual way with some what we call bittersweet. That means something we're either suffering from a little bit. We call that bitter. Yeah. Oh, something lovely and sweet and yummy. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about norms and the norms in relationship and mm-hmm. status quos and Status quo busting and what that has to do with intimacy. <laughs> I like that status quo busting. <laughs> it could be a good t- title for the. It could be status yeah. quo busting.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Nobody will know what the title means, but that's okay. That's you know?
1: okay.
0: <laughs> uh, do you want to go first around the bittersweet?
1: Okay. Sharing. I have a bitter. I'm always whenever I say that word, I think it's not exactly bitterness. You know. Yeah, I it's know. More of a down. Right. I've been so damn effing tired oh my gosh. for so many years. <laughs> and lately. It's
0: insane.
1: I think it's been more than 15 years that yeah. my sleep has gotten interrupted. But lately, I don't know what's happened. I'm just up and I give and I give up quickly. Mm-hmm. And one of the problems is a good, this is good in bed. One of the problems with my sleep stuff is I now function really just as well when I'm exhausted. Right. So I no longer have the pressure in the middle of the night of, oh, shit, I better get to sleep or I'm going to have a hard day. Because it's not true. Right. But I'm not going to feel well. I'm going to be foggy, headachy. My digestive system is going to get wacky. But I but, like
0: the dread like you, you, yeah. there's the like the dread that we all know about, yeah, right, and I, you and you not you don't get that anymore, it doesn't happen, right,
1: I function the same damn way, yeah. more or less, <clears throat> I just feel differently, um, and if you are out there are inclined to tell me what you think I could do about sleep, I guarantee in the last years. I have tried so many things that one more thing is not going to be the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so true. This is like, this is a lifestyle that I, you know...
0: <laughs> it's a lifestyle you're becoming accustomed to. <laughs> yeah.
1: As Max Chupak, one of our teachers said, or implied, me and the moon are having a much better relationship, you know?
0: <laughs> yes, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. How about you? <laughs> um, mine is also kind of more of the bitter ilk, if you will, but it's not exactly the right word, but... Um, I'm just kind of coming to terms with a a an awareness about a mindset that I regular regularly have that I'm a bit a bit unconscious about. I am I'm conscious about it and not. But I was talking to a professor of mine in my PhD program the other day about uh, my independent study course that I designed, which I'm super proud of. I love the course that I designed. But uh, even though I designed it, even though the whole thing, not just the course, but the whole program is something I'm opting to do, right? It's not like nobody's forcing me to do it. I totally get into this mindset where everything becomes an obligation. Like everything is something I have to do. I need to do. I have to get to as if it's not a choice. And not only that it's not a choice but that it's not something I'm looking forward to. I'm not identified with looking forward to it because it's now relegated to the part of my mind, which is the dominant part of my mind, that says, you have to do this, Lisa. And it, I was made aware of it again in this conversation with this professor because at one point when we were discussing what I'll be doing to kind of update him on where I'm at in the course, he said, don't just do it because I said you should do it. Just follow what is exciting to you and interesting to you, whatever, wherever your creativity brings you. And I, and I was like, Oh, right. Oh, right. Like almost like light bulb. Like, right. Isn't that the whole point of this? It's so, it's kind of ridiculous and and humbling. And, um, anyway, so I've just been thinking about that today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Around my sort of default mm. mindset.
1: Yeah, we all grow up in a world, and then internalize a culture from family and culture that has things like responsibility and obligations and and commitments and things like that. And those are all good words and important, but then they create a flavor, mm-hmm. right? That looks something that looks less creative pushes out tenderness, pushes out flow and deviations that are part of our end of diversity. Mm-hmm. They become more like a box. Mm-hmm. And then people start criticizing themselves. I'm procrastinating. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. Right. Because the box doesn't exactly fit.
0: And it kind of sucks the joy out of things. It
1: sucks the joy out. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's capitalistic and patriarchal, among other things.
0: Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Cool. Okay.
1: <clears throat> Speaking so. of norms and boxes. Yes. We all enter relationship not fully conscious of doing this, but we create a world to live in. I was going to say box. Maybe that's too strong, but it is a box, like a home. It's got some walls and stuff. And we create a space that has assumptions and presumptions, things that we haven't discussed. Right? I always think. We shake hands above the table. Do you agree to these things? Yes, I agree. Are we going to have kids? Do you mm-hmm. like, are you a vegetarian? Okay, that's important to me. Whatever. We, right. we wrestle the out conscious certain agreements. things. Yeah. And we're going to support each other. And we're going to work on our stuff, on our shit psychologically. Right? Mm-hmm. So we have some things. But then there's an under-the-table handshake.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's like, I'm going to be a little bit like my father. Or I'm going to make sure I'm not like him. or And other kinds of agreements that we make about mm-hmm. how we're going to get along. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those agreements create a... A field, you're going to talk about that, norms that help us get along with each other and smooth things out and bring forward our priorities and our values and like your assignments and create a box that doesn't let the relationship do certain things. So then at one spot, it creates intimacy. You mm-hmm. could say it creates a safety. We know who we are and you agree with me in certain ways. So we're relatively safe within this world of being myself and you're accepting that and I'm accepting you. Mm -hmm. But then that kind of safety, Mm -hmm. so important, can become a limiting space that limits the intimacy because we live with inside of it. Mm -hmm. That's how I'm thinking of framing what we're Mm -hmm. talking about this afternoon before we put the mic up.
0: Yeah, Yeah. nicely said. I'm I'm, uh, remembering that we wrote a blog post together on this topic. I think it's called the two handshakes. Oh my gosh. Like a few years ago.
1: Hey, that's smart.
0: Isn't that? Why didn't I think of that? (laughs) You did think of that. Um, And for uh, anybody who wants to check that out, you can go to the into deep website and there are blog posts on the website as well, all on topics of relationship. And we have that, that blog post there. I think it's called the the two handshakes Uh, anyway. Um,
1: I didn't remember that. Yeah,
0: but, yeah. Okay. Just remembering that as we're talking. I'm thinking that, yeah. Another word that comes to my mind is status quo. Mm-hmm. That there's a status quo. There's a a kind of uh, mm, normal. I'm going to get to the word normalcy in in a in a moment, but not yet. But there's a kind of normalcy, a kind of harmony that. Is in most every long-term relationship. I want to say every, but I don't know for sure. But that it's kind of like this is where we, this is where the seas settle again, and we know this place. So if the, if there's rocky seas one day, then we kind of get back to where the sea is more calm again, and then there's a there's a feeling of wanting to. It, there's a feeling, at least in part on both people's parts of wanting to stay there in the calm seas, right? So it's kind of like inherently an anti-conflict place, Mm -hmm. a harmonious place, a place that Mm -hmm. feels, I notice my hands are kind of going back and forth, like finding balance. It's like a balanced place that feels, like you said, safe and secure and predictable. And like we know how to interact here together. We know how we do this thing where we are just kind of like skating along. That's like Mm -hmm. the status quo. And that's that place that let's say all long-term relationships have, regardless of the kind of relationship, there's a way Mm -hmm. that you get along together. That's kind of like you could get more or less attached to bringing yourselves back to that place. Mm -hmm. Right? Wanting to go back to that place. Ooh, that was a tough moment. Mm -hmm. Let's get back there where we feel good again.
1: Yeah. I'm thinking about so many things as you're talking. I'm thinking about trust, the word trust. Mm. And for how many people would say, trust is one of the most important things in relationship. Yeah. And then I would say to them, what do you mean by trust? Yes. And then many people, if I followed that question, would say something like the person wouldn't hurt me. Yeah. You know, you're not yeah. going to betray me. Do something that would hurt me. Yes. And um, and then some people want to deal with that trust issue by making a set of rules.
0: hmm
1: You can't do this. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have this many friends. They can be of this gender. You can't do this. And, and all the other things that we all know about, if we're monogamous, you and I are. Right. Then, you know, whatever. Then right. that would mean this, and we shouldn't date other people. And, right. And, but other kinds of things, you know? Yeah. I don't want to go off into that particular thing, but it's such an area where people come and feel betrayed.
0: Oh, totally. You know, yeah.
1: And this whole trust issue. And I think a couple of things. One, people want another person to agree to a set of, this is what we do and won't do. Mm-hmm. And this is controversial. I think I'm, I'm, side, I'm just trying to sidestep what I'm actually thinking, so I should say it directly. What's the direct thing I would say? And then somebody could challenge that actually. Mm -hmm. I think people create those kind of rules, not out of a sense of trust, but out of a deep sense of distrust Mm -hmm. that in a sense, these are the rules we have to do. It's because I don't trust. I don't trust me. I don't trust you. I don't trust you to be caring about me, caring about my hurt. I don't trust our relationship to deal with things. I don't trust myself to bring things out and engage with you when something happens and I get hurt. Mm -hmm. So in some way, one of the norms has to do with a kind of, can we trust each other? And I know what people mean by that. And I don't want to override that totally, trusting another person and the feeling that you care about me and and all those things. But I think some of the rules and boxes that people put in there, Mm -hmm. even if they haven't set it out, have to do with not trusting I don't trust me. I don't trust you. I don't trust us. We better put some fine lines around this. It's almost like a legal contract. Mm-hmm. Like why would you have a legal contract with someone? Like a prenuptial to, yeah, it's a pre- <laughs> agreement or uh, something. prenuptial. it's a pre-emotional nuptial. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yes. You know? Right. And it's partly because like, yeah, exactly. Right. I want to make the business contract because I want to make sure you do exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And it starts to come down. While we're still like getting
0: that. along. Yeah. Right. Right.
1: So the whole issue of trust, I'm not sure what to do with that all and what we're suggesting about that, but...
0: I, th- I think yeah. I'm, I'm trying to, in my own mind, connect what you're saying back to this idea of the status quo uh, des- or, and desire for a status quo, and, mm-hmm. I, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about it too, but I'm thinking that the connection that you're implying or making here is between trust and, and status quo... Is that oftentimes people don't trust, and I'm putting quotes around that because it's a slightly different kind of trust than you're referring to, but they don't trust that they can work things out, that they can work Mm -hmm. out the difficulty. In other words, if there's conflict, and we've had now multiple episodes on conflict and how to work through conflict, if there's conflict, which is inherently disturbing to the status quo, right? If we disagree on something, if we're not getting along on something, and something comes in and disturbs our status quo, our nice, harmonious, peaceful mm-hmm. getting alongness, then that means we have to address the conflict. And if we don't trust, as it were, that you and I can work through that, then we have to reassert the status quo as quickly as possible Mm -hmm. because that getting through distrust or getting through any kind of conflict requires an ability to go through a, a zone together Mm -hmm. that is uncomfortable, right? It's painful or it hurts or it's, Mm -hmm. it's just uncomfortable, right? It's unsettling. So if we don't know how to do that, then we're going to unconsciously, reach for, grab for the status quo mm-hmm. so that we can feel okay again.
1: Yeah. It's it's such a it's such a powerful thing because this status quo, which is what we agreed, we shook hands above the table and went to lead the table to create this certain world that Yeah. You know, about how we're gonna treat each other and what we're gonna do and what's gonna be our priorities and and for better and for worse and whatever and sickness and health and whatever these different things that we that we agreed to, Um, and yet it's so important to name that status quo consciously. These are the norms. This is the things we are agreeing to consciously. This is the things we're unconsciously agreeing. I won't say certain things. I won't bring up certain topics. I will
0: mm-hmm.
1: support you economically, so you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I'll always listen to you if you if you need me. Mm-hmm. I'll be there if you're sick. Um,
0: the, the, these like I know you're kind of running through these examples really, yeah. really quickly, and I'm not suggesting that we should like go through every example, yeah. but just that little list that you just gave. Those are each like really important examples, actually. I just want to name that for our listeners, Mm. like saying, I'll take care of you when you're sick, saying, I won't bring up certain topics, right? Saying, I'll act a certain way. I won't get,
1: I won't act aggressive or angry towards you. Yeah. Right. Right. If I get that way, I'll apologize or I'll go find out how to bring something up Mm -hmm. in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. there's There's so many assumptions there's so
1: many of those assumptions the being there for you and how that looks Mm -hmm. so those are all there and have their functions clearly and we could spend a lot of time talking about their functions Mm -hmm. but i don't want to Mm -hmm. because because the bigger intimacy issue over time is the fact that any status quo which is serving its purpose of balance and harmony and caring for us and giving us some level of safety so we can enter a relationship and, and be on the same page in some mm-hmm. way, becomes at some point oppressive and suppressive and a box
0: that mm-hmm. we're living
1: in. And like any dominant system, it becomes our relationship mainstream. The so mainstream. True. And then, like any mainstream, then it says, these people don't fit, right? People who are neurodivergent with people, people of color don't fit, people who are women don't fit, people right. who are gay don't fit, people, right. people who have different bodies. And then with our relationship, the diversity comes up also because that thing, that yes. status quo, says this way of relating doesn't fit and, you can, and now you're in a mood because you're this or you yeah. are sick or you're hostile that day and you can't do that and, and whatever. And there's all these, the suppressiveness yes. of that system. Yes. And I think it has to be called out. Because it's so accepted yeah. that we have it. And in many people's lives, it is like or equivalent to a religion. Yes. It's like, but these are the right ways of being. Yes. And then what happens? How do you break out of that other than by unconsciously messing up?
0: Mm-hmm. And then saying sorry as quickly <laughs> sorry, as possible and, and sweeping right. it up and like, okay, we're right. back. You're, you not know?
1: Breaking, you're not making the mistake because... The system is too tight. You're making a mistake because you screwed up. Right, you have to get back in line. Right, that's how well said potent the mainstream system is, and the policing system. Yes, within the within the uh, relationship goes. It's like the mainstream. You screwed up. Call the police. Put that person in jail. Right, right,
0: right. In a sense, mm-hmm. uh in relationship, it's like you censor yourself. Right, mm-hmm. be based on these unconscious agreements these yeah. the status quo agreement this is how we're going to act this is how we're going to yeah. be we can't be this way we can't be that way yeah. and so then when i have a feeling or an impulse or a reaction that falls outside of that now i'm going to censor myself mm-hmm. so that it doesn't come forward if it does leak out now i ought to be punished either mm-hmm. that either then my partner mm-hmm. would say bad on you shame on you you shouldn't have done that and or i and like self-flagellating, right? Yeah. Going, oh my gosh, I I screwed up.
1: It brings me back to, for some reason, I'm thinking about this. Brings me back to people I've worked with where one person has had a intimate relationship with somebody else that mm-hmm. was outside the agreement. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. Call that an affair, right? You can call that an affair. That's what people would call it. And then the problem with that breach is it's so, for some people, it's so painful and. Hurt so deeply that they can't do anything with it but act like it didn't happen (laughs) apologize i'll never do it again or break up it's the pain's too big right that i understand that just very
0: black and white the wound may be
1: too big sure to what we call process yes but let's do something radical I'm going to say something radical about that Mm -hmm, area that mm -hmm. not everyone would like or agree with. That's fine. People should disagree with me, right? Mm -hmm. But in some way, if we frame that not just as a breach of the trust, it is and all that stuff, yes, and it hurts and it may not, maybe you shouldn't tolerate it and say, I'm out of here forever. That's fine. People, I would support people if that's where they are. I would say, leave, Mm -hmm. right? But let's frame that as a break in the status quo. Mm-hmm. What is the break? Well, there's a break on one level. is a break of that person's in a relationship with somebody. That mm-hmm. right? they shouldn't be in a relationship according to the agreement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that break is also other things. Because when somebody breaks out of a mainstream environment, it, they break windows. <laughs> it mm-hmm. doesn't only look good.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: looks like... so
0: Messy. It looks
1: messy. Yeah. So in that case, I should, I'm sorry, I'll never do that again. Great. We like that. We like that. And then, what happened? What's going on in the relationship?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: What is the status quo that's not working? What are you hungry for that's not in that relationship? Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: That's the then the if you can't get to that, it's going to be very difficult to work on those difficulties in relationship. I know that Mm -hmm. it's difficult to get to because people like we have to process the hurt. Mm
0: -hmm. I get
1: that. Mm -hmm. But then at some point we have to say. It's not about both people being responsible or to blame. It's not a blame thing. It's like, what's going on? What are the limits of the relationship? What is the status quo? What is the safety and balance you've created each other that doesn't include something that people want to get somewhere
0: mm-hmm. in a way
1: that hurts each other? Mm-hmm. What are we looking for?
0: Mm-hmm. What am I
1: hungry for? What are you hungry for that we're not exactly doing here?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It feels taboo to say these things, but I think it's important to... I, I totally hear cause, you. Because just like the anger or something like that, or, you know, I got, I got angry and all of a sudden I should say, I'm, I'm sorry. But that's a lesser example if it's sure. one time. Yeah. And if it, my anger comes out in a physical violence, you may say, that's a line that I'm never going to say, okay, to, I'm leaving. And I'd say to anybody out there, then leave. You, right. know, you have a right, right to do that. And then if the person's going to stay together, mm-hmm. that means it's not a protect. You. It's not a perpetual violent abuse situation. That's, that's. Mm-hmm. let's just say that's
0: that's Out its own category. Question. right? Yeah, yeah. But
1: let's say something happens and then it's like, what do I do with this oomph in me? Does
0: mm-hmm. it belong
1: only to me? Does it belong in a relationship? Am I too contained? Mm-hmm. Um, I told a story and I was teaching a facilitation training the other day. And I told the story. Like, these are all edited to protect mm-hmm. people that... Sure, I've known edited, and, and composited, Edited and composited from yeah. many different stations so that it doesn't look, so it doesn't identify anybody mm-hmm. in particular, just to say that when I tell a story, unless I've been given specific permission. So this is a general story. A person will come to see me and say, I have a, I, I'm here because I have an alcohol problem. And I say to the person, oh, how much do you drink? And this has happened a number of times and somebody will say, I drink a little bit and not that much, it turns out. And I'm thinking, why is this person coming to me telling me they have an alcohol problem if they don't drink all that much and it's not disturbing their job and they're able to function and they're not drinking every day and every couple of weeks maybe they get really drunk. Mm-hmm. And then big surprise when I say, why, are you, why did you come? It doesn't sound like a big deal. And the person, says, well, my partner doesn't want me to drink.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And then I say, why don't they want you to drink? <laughs> thinking like is drinking good or bad in and of itself right i don't think within limits i don't have a big moral opinion about it well they don't like the way i act because i'm kind of they say i get angry and mistreat them and i'm hostile
0: Mm -hmm. oh
1: i say you have a problem with relationship hostility and aggression and anger No, I have an alcohol problem. I'm like, no, 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 not this person. Somebody else drinks every day or has a lot of, you know, I'm like, that's an alcohol problem. Mm -hmm. But the person I'm thinking of, they're finding a way to break out of the status quo of the relationship. Mm -hmm. Should they do that that way? Mm -hmm. I can't condone that approach. Sure. It's too much unconsciousness. And then the person's likely to hurt somebody. Right. But do they need to break out of something? Does that some, Is that person expressing something at those times they need to learn how to do without being violent and hurtful and drunk to do it? Right. Then I'm thinking, yeah. That was a lot to say. What do you think? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I have a lot of things to say. To you. That's fascinating what you're talking yeah. about. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, several points. One is just to clarify that what, what we're talking about is bringing consciousness, bringing awareness to these patterns of relationship, right? So when you were just giving that example of the person who sometimes drinks and then sometimes I forget exactly what you said, but they they're a little bit too much, too hostile, too rough, or yeah. too rough, yeah, and they're and you're saying, well, that's a relationship problem or a relating problem, mm-hmm. not an alcohol problem. and yeah, and you're saying you don't condone that as a way of expressing oneself, totally agreed so we're not we're not we're not saying we're not talking about breaking the status quo as just like here's a blank check how act however you want with no consequences that's not what we're talking about we're talking about bringing awareness and consciousness to what often is unconscious in the relationship in terms of these unconscious agreements mm-hmm. that then suddenly somebody breaks one and then all hell breaks loose mm-hmm. right and then another point i want to make is that in what you're describing are what we call level differences. So on the level of, say, um, you know, if it's domestic violence or something where, you know, there's the level of just violence perpetrated on another person's body, which is just unacceptable, period, end of story, right? There's no argument about that. Mm-hmm. Um, And and in that case, that may be a showstopper. That may be like a line that cannot be crossed. Game is over. It has to be.
1: Yeah, I just want not break it. It has to be the the relationship has to determine because it could be emotional violence. It could be spiritual violence. It could be uh, verbal violence. I think it's true for all of those. There could be. If that's a stopper for you, you say that's a line I cannot allow to go over for my well-being to be intact. Then I think that's the end.
0: Y- yes. Yeah. Exactly. Just say,
1: just so we don't. The physical is so obvious; it's okay. important to mention. Yes. But, but but somebody should say there's all these other areas, and I'd say that that has to be determined. Agreed.
0: Yeah. I was just trying to simplify yeah. it, but yes, thank yeah, you for 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 flushing that out a little bit. Yeah. On some level, you could say that some violence occurs or an affair occurs, yeah. right? Let's say. And on some mm-hmm. level, the other partner might say, that is a line I cannot allow to be crossed. We're done, right? right. Okay, fine. But let's set that aside for a moment. Right.
1: That's what we're trying to do is to right. not get caught in that particular problem. That's an, right, That's a good topic, though. We should talk about topic. lines that get crossed where you, where you have to say that's the end of this. Correct. Right.
0: So, on, so we're not... We're not talking about that level of things Mm -hmm. where there might be a line that gets crossed and you say, I can't do that. Done. Okay. On another level, we're we're talking about which you were getting at when you were discussing the affair situation, Mm -hmm. but it wouldn't have to be that... That... um, uh,
1: Egregious. Egregious,
0: quote-unquote, or intense or like, whoa, you know. Um, It could be something like you raised your voice at me in a moment or something like that, let's say, Um, or, yeah. And so on another level, rather than dealing with the literalness of the thing that happened, like you shouldn't raise your voice at me, if we stay at that level only, then we're just dealing with rules and rule breaking and rule adherence, yeah, we're poli- and we're
1: policing the relationship and exactly we caught you, we put you in jail, and you and go back to the box.
0: Exactly mm-hmm. what you were saying around, yeah, that's where we revert as quickly as possible back to the status quo. Shame on you. We're back. So the level that we're trying to talk about is what you were getting to around. Um, is say in the affair example, is that person too contained in certain ways? Are there things outside the relationship that they're looking for? And the point that I'm wanting to make about that is not just are there things for the person who in this example had the affair or in the example of raise their voice, are there there ways of being that they want access to, not just for that person, but for both people. And for the relationship, that's what we're getting at. So like somebody breaks a rule in the relationship, then we're looking at the level of how is that, how is that pointing out, bringing to our awareness, the box that we have put ourselves and our relationship Mm -hmm. in. And how is that not good in some way for either of us? It may be slightly different, how that affects you versus how that affects me. But the point is, can we self-reflect together and say, yeah, I realize this is not only great for me too. This is how I censor myself, or this is how I censor myself in terms of this particular issue of raising one's voice, or I don't whatever the issue is, yeah. right? Because
1: we could argue. Yeah. It wouldn't only be an argument. I would say that if there's an agreed status quo and it never changes, there's a limit to the personal development that people are, can actually have because I'm different than I was when we met yeah, years ago. Absolutely. Right? And it's like, and the things I, I can't agree to that I agreed then, even just my internal things about this, is I'm a man and this is what I should do in the relationship. I can't, even the things that I agreed to with myself about what I should be Sure. <laughs> that passed down from my father's father and father, you know my father's father and father, <laughs> yeah. etc there's agreements even just within the roles the gendered roles about who i am that yeah. i can't keep anymore even though i implicitly made the statement without mm-hmm. having to say it you can count on me to be this kind of a person mm-hmm. i'll be i was trained to be this kind of a guy within my own idea about what a man looks like in my own culture etc and you were like i love that kind of man you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're i'll be i'm i'm this kind of a woman right but then you start working on yourself just within the gender ideas and you might think you know my ideas of being a woman is not exactly what that used to be and i'm like my ideas of being a man is not actually what it used to be right so even that i may not be able to agree with i think i'm going to be freer in certain ways i don't only want to be the responsible party in these particular ways you don't only want to be a Kind, sweet, listening person, whatever, all those kinds of things. So even within the social constructs. Yeah.
0: Yeah, even, yeah, just using gender as the example, as you just gave all these sort of sub examples under that. It's like, yeah, that alone is loaded. If you're a, if you're a, in a relationship with, um, male identified person and a female identified person, like Mm -hmm. that's going to be huge. And then there's, and then there's a million zillion other idiosyncratic things about your relationship that you've kind of agreed on around how you act together, right? Can I go off for a moment on a little subtopic? I want to say jump about in, this. Jump. Um, so i I've, I've been recently studying um, a relatively recent theory called post-normal times theory, and uh, it's kind of like modernism, postmodernism, post-normal, etc. For people who have any knowledge about that, and so I was reading this article on love in post-normal times, and the author. Um, C. Scott Jordan, he, he talks about this phenomenon called manufactured normalcy field, which is like, of course, a term academics would use. They would make something like a mouthful of a statement.
1: Manufactured yeah. normalcy field. A
0: manufactured normalcy field. An MNF for short. Yeah. Right. You should yeah.
1: just use, I don't think you should, I think you just use the The, I think the, so. the three letters yeah. because then the people will kind of go, I the don't know hell? I think, what you're talking about. Right.
0: But a manufactured normalcy field is basically what we're talking about in relationship terms, this status quo idea. It's a, it's a way to normalize things. It's a way to, in, in his words, he says, it's um, like a comforting blanket shielding a situation and and the people involved from the change that's occurring that is too much for them, right? And so in, in post-normal times, which I which I won't go into very much except to say that we are living in post-normal times, according to these theorists. And I, I would agree, which is characterized by complexity, chaos, and contradictions. That's a whole thing. But my point being that because our world is so complex and so chaotic and so contradictory and things are happening at speeds that we cannot process actually. And with complexity, like having a pandemic and climate change and racism and everything and everything and everything happening simultaneously, that t- in order to deal with how, in my words, freaked out we get about all this mm-hmm. happening so fast, we manufacture an experience of normalcy for ourselves. And he uses this really cool example um, to, to kind of illustrate it as a metaphor. You Imagine flying in an airplane and it's like this tube in the sky that's traveling at 600 miles an hour 35,000 miles above the earth's surface. Feet, you meant. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, feet above that's okay. the earth's that's surface. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And and yet we could be reading a book on an airplane like we're reading it in our living room at home and think nothing of it except there's literally nothing normal about the fact that we're flying that high in the sky in this tube. But we've made it a normal thing and it's part of our life and part of our travel. So when I was reflecting on this manufactured normalcy field concept in terms of relationships and intimacy, I think of the conversation we're having today, which is about needing to feel that sense of security and normalcy when things go awry in relationship in any moment, when things when we have a conflict, when things mm-hmm. get stirred up, when things uh, get unsettled, we feel like we need to create an experience that is safer for our psyche and our body and our emotions to handle because it's, it's like overload for us to grapple Mm -hmm. with what it could be shaking up. And yet, and this is my sort of final point about this. And yet, if we can allow for what this author Mm -hmm. in this article calls a tilt, which is like an adjustment to our manufactured normalcy field, if we can welcome a bit of a tilt, which could come in the form of a difficult conversation, could come in the form of mm-hmm. a fight, could come in the form of a disagreement, could come in the form of a lovemaking time. It could come in many different forms, but something that shifts that status quo a bit so that you're a little off kilter for a period of time so you actually mm-hmm. can reflect on, on what the heck is this thing that we're making that is so tight for us to feel well. Mm-hmm. Does that yeah. does that make sense? What I'm describing it makes
1: sense to me. Mm-hmm. It makes sense to me. Yeah, in some way, in some way, the whole conversation we're having is some. This is how I'm thinking of it, and as you're talking too, I'm thinking on one side there's something like trust, comfort, safety, mm-hmm. and the the needs for those things to make a certain intimacy. Because our topic is intimacy, right? Mm-hmm. That I need a certain amount of safety. I could say and trust and comfort and ease and regulation and a system that helps me regulate and balance and make harmony I need a certain amount of that to be intimate and we say okay and in the background of that is so much freaking abuse and violence Mm -hmm. that that becomes almost necessarily inviolate no that has to be that and that is the function and that is the thing and I can't have it go anywhere else Mm -hmm. because I have experienced so much random violence mm-hmm. uh, and non-random violence. I mean, random meaning like it, it, I couldn't control it. Uncontrollable violence mm-hmm. that the need, my need for safety in order for me to open up and show myself is so big yes. that I have to have that. So that's not true for everyone. But there's a certain amount of that we just agree to. But there's trauma and violence and abuse in the background because mm-hmm. somebody could be here and saying, you guys are crazy trust safety security comfort is the only place where a good thing where a good therapy can happen where good healing can happen where good relationships can happen no other place that person should say yeah. and i should say to that person for you that is so right don't budge on that because you know something and many people would agree with you
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, i just want
1: to mm-hmm. say that because that's well, a strong thing well said yeah on the other side yes there's another person who would say safety doesn't exist yeah actually and what you're trying to make is an unreal world like
0: perfect safety does not exist yeah yeah that's right Mm -hmm. i would clarify yeah death
1: is gonna happen yes random violence is gonna happen right if you ever were totally safe in your life i you know like for any length of time i'd like to know it anybody who had a totally safe childhood i'd like to know it any woman who's been totally safe you walk out
0: the front door of your house you're not safe on some level any jew who
1: felt totally safe inside their body outside any african-american person I'm like, wait, give me a break here. Relationship itself uh, is
0: inherently yeah, unsafe, exactly. right? You can't control the other person. You're
1: trying to make a world that doesn't exist. Right. And in that way, it's unreal. And there's no intimacy there. So on one person, this is the only intimate place. Now I want to get the counter argument. You've got to be crazy. You've got to create an intimate world. You're creating a world where no one can actually be themselves, actually. Mm-hmm. And the real world, which is unsafe physically, biologically, biochemically, and inside your body, outside psychologically, gender-wise, socially virus wise, vaccine wise, either way you're at, mm-hmm. we live in a world that's unsafe, you have to figure out how you're going to dance with that particular mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And if you want to create a t- place that's that tight, is all we're doing is is codependently locking each other into something and not allowing anybody to be themselves and trying to guarantee it. Mm-hmm. And therefore, intimacy is actually gone. So with these Correct. two sides.
0: Right. I think that's, I think that's the subtle point that we can sort of end Mm -hmm. on here that we can that we can sort of come to a a place of natural closure on this in the moment which is what you're saying that was great i love Mm -hmm. your description of the two sides (laughs) so strongly is that the first viewpoint which says this is the only way to create intimacy in in our opinion i guess leaves Mm -hmm. out this the other side which says but intimacy also can happen or also needs the breaking through of the status quo pattern that you, that let's say there's multiple roads to intimacy. Let's just say that for sake of argument. Mm-hmm. So one road is the safety road, right? Mm-hmm. But there is another road and it may not be for everybody and we're mm-hmm. acknowledging that, but there is another road that says intimacy is also made by breaking that, by in the language I was using, making a tilt in your manufactured yeah. normalcy field, right? Having an experience that shifts, that unsettles the ground that you're yeah. walking on. Going it's a,
1: through really difficult experiences together. Yeah. Having someone really get sick and, and we're unsafe and holy shit, that person could die. Oh my gosh, now all of a sudden we're really close to, to each right, other. Right, right. all kinds of other yes. things, right? Yes, yeah. yeah,
0: or having a conflict of some kind, having a disagreement and then talking it through enough to come to a new understanding of your partner, of yourself, of your relationship. Mm-hmm. That shifts your mind. It's a paradigm shift. It shifts the mm-hmm. ground that your that your relationship is standing on. Enough because, to let mm-hmm. a new a new real experience enter. Yes. Otherwise,
1: right? and we've seen this in so in so many people and so many clients. If if a person insists on that status quo for too long. Then we see a deadness mm-hmm. that like these people act a certain way all the time and you get together with them and mm-hmm. it's like an uncomfortable like deadness and mm-hmm. there's a lack of warmth and connection mm-hmm. and all kinds of joy and all kinds mm-hmm. of things. It's like the roles are so tight, mm-hmm. but nothing's happening mm-hmm. and you can feel like a deadness and you mm-hmm. talk to people privately
0: mm-hmm. and it's like, mm-hmm.
1: you yeah, we're not, nothing's happening here, mm-hmm. basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Know? Wow. Yeah.
1: That was a hot... Yeah. I got very excited got, about that. You got that. very
0: animated about that at the end there.
1: Make the status quo. So my here's my, re- my recommendation. Okay. Make the tightest status quo, <laughs> the safest place you could ever possibly make. Make it all clear. Make the rules. Write down three pages of all the things that have to happen. And then break them (laughs) and then bust and back to my thing (laughs) then bust the status quo i'm gonna rule number three for today it's out you know (laughs) and then bust them because in a sense that's what relationships are going to do they're going to make status quo and bust them or some people will live within the status quo no matter what they do and they're probably not going to be interested in our podcast as much (laughs) you know (laughs) because it's like you know they're like fundamentalists of a a various kind and say this is there's only one moral way to be um and amen (laughs) for them
0: so to speak i'm laughing because i'm like that is so you that is so so you to be like yeah now we're gonna now i'm i'm today i'm hitting this one you know and
1: i'm like oh here we go now i told you i was gonna always you know be there for you give it a chance today (laughs) i'm gonna be like
0: Hey, cool conversation. Great conversation. Abuse and
1: the background and safety (laughs) and trust and status quos. And
0: And it doesn't have to be like seriously big shit either. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not supposed to say that, you know? I'm like,
1: (laughs) okay, we want to (laughs) like... Get so sick, we're dying. We're having <laughs> affairs, and she's like, well "We could be a little upset could with each be other, like oh, having a
0: little disagreement." Folks. It doesn't have <laughs> to be that
1: like, extreme. You're all, you know? all the money and you spend it gambling, and we <laughs> yeah. have nothing left, and yeah. we're broke. It doesn't yeah. have to be that. You I know? see.
0: Mm. Uh, start with baby steps, folks. <laughs> so, okay. You know, start with smaller things, and <laughs> there's, there's, there'll be enough juice and meat in the smaller yeah, okay, things. I guarantee. Okay, okay. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for being with us Thanks. today. Fun
1: to talk to you today, Lisa, and think like
0: Bye. Bye. If you like this episode or learn something new, we would love if you would spread the love on social media and tell a friend about our podcast. As you know, word of mouth is everything. And if you really want to put a smile on our faces, subscribe to our podcast so you can be sure to receive all our future episodes. And while you're at it, write us a review on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. To learn more, visit IntoDeep.com. That's I-N-T-W-O-D-E-E-P dot com. Music is An Orange Groove by Rafael Pistachio. In Too Deep is a Belly Song Press production.